and subscribe me, a self-help podcast for creatives, hosted by Joel and Dave. Unsubscribe me, a self-help podcast for creatives, hosted by Joel and Dave. There is a drive as an artist to make material that resonates with people. And you have to know the audience that you're talking to. And you also have to do this delicate dance of, I want them to like me, but I need to push them in a different direction. Uh, so you need to know who you're making the art for. Uh, and it's one of those questions that sucks. Well, who are you making this for? If anybody's asking you that, that means they hate what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a terrible question because there's no right answer. Well... And the only right answer uh, to get to the conclusion of the show, and now you can just turn it off and unsubscribe this episode, Please. is yourself. Like, that is, it, it always comes back to that, and you will question it. I thought that's where you were going all along with this question. And question it, and question it. And I do all the time, and... and oh, I do all the time. Because you don't, you don't even... Know. We all change a lot, and we all stay the same a lot. My ex-wife, I told her that I was, I was weaning myself off beer and I was drinking more wine at the end of the night. Um, as You know, it makes me feel better. It's like a different... It's different takes, takes the edge off. And yeah, and it's, um, it feels like uh, intellectual. And, <laughs> and she goes, oh, I remember this phase. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Fuck. Like, you know, totally the more I changed, down. the more, I, well, it wasn't, she didn't say it intentionally as, it wasn't in that tone of voice. And right. I know okay. that tone of voice. Got it right. could have easily been, oh, fuck you. Oh. But it wasn't. It was like, oh yeah, no, you you do this. It was, I, maybe it's, maybe she's being mean to me. I don't know. It didn't matter to me. I didn't take it that way. Uh, but it did occur to me that the more we change, the more we stay the same. However, our artistic and creative side is always evolving and always wondering whether we're doing the right, excuse me, geez, doing the right thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, um, I've, I've, I know what you're talking about. I, anytime I've ever done something where I did it for the audience in my head, it just turned out to be a big piece of poo. Right. And when I don't think about that and I just do it because I love it or I'm challenging myself even better, um, I think the best stuff, you, you could categorize it that way. You become the audience. And, and, and sort of pushing myself, right? not trying to please an audience. And, and how, do you become, how do you become your own audience? Um, I think it's the trickier part. It's it, because you have to make it for yourself. You have to push yourself. Yeah. But you also know that there's someone on the other end of that thing that's either searching it, and if you provoke them to watch it, great. What's going to keep them there? And then what's going to actually, ultimately, in the end, get across the message that you want to get across to the right group of people that you want to get it across to? Which you have to become the audience, which is... That's tricky. So hard. Yeah. It's trick it's tricky because um well I don't know. I guess I feel like I I don't think about the audience when I'm most happy with the work at the end. I haven't thought about 
No, that's not true. It really isn't true. I guess it is that that I don't make assumptions for the audience. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, I don't mm-hmm. I don't have any idea of what the audience is in terms of personality or form. I just know that that there's in theory someone or some ones on the other end that need to understand what I'm saying, but I'm not trying to please them. And, and that's a great element of any kind of art is you, you have your entry. We always talk about the entry level, the door so that people can access whatever thought you're trying to get through has to be ground level. Yeah. To a certain extent. Yeah. <clears throat> What's great about a project. And I think where the artists and the viewer, the audience uh, meld, is where they don't know where it's going, but they feel confident that there's going to be a fucking exit. And that's when, that's when it is really beautiful to make art, is when you're in the middle and you're like, it's not fuck the audience, it's like, no, they're coming with me, like everyone's on right. this ride together, we, we, this is great. Right. We know where we're going. I don't know exactly how I'm going to get here, but I know I'm gonna get here, and it, no one's going to guess the way that we're going to get there. I guess the important thing there is to not fear the audience. Don't yeah. don't be afraid that taking chances, uh, you're automatically going to lose the audience. Right. Because then you're kind of you're you're being. I'm sorry, I can't think tonight. It's it's that idea of uh, least common denominator, which isn't useful. Right, like if you're just trying to no, as do as things start to that make, you think they're gonna get, yeah, then you're you're just why are you doing it? Right, because it's a TikTok then. Right, and ultimately, if that's what it ends up being, that's great. But you can't shoot for that or a how-to video. Right, and and TikTok's uh, not fair because obviously nothing wrong with that. I'm not going to sit here and tell. You're you're all on TikTok, aren't you? Uh, no, my kids are. I, I do have my an account are. for the uh, pod play, uh, which has, I think, something like 30 followers. Oh, it, good. It doesn't translate. That goes back to what we were talking about last episode, which is anybody that tells you as a grown man to get a TikTok account to promote your grown man idea... Is. you should tell them to go fuck themselves because that's just <laughs> fucking weird. It's like going into the candy store and dressing up going, hey, free candy, kids. It's gross. It's no, weird. Yeah, yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It's not your, again, that's yeah, not your numbers, audience. numbers, Dave, the numbers. The Those numbers. Those kids aren't going to go and listen to what you want to fucking do. The they, numbers. Like, are you going to sell scotch on TikTok? The numbers. It's all about the, the numbers. numbers. Yeah, you I get know. tons of clicks. Clicks. And likes and subs. But that question, the overall question, who are you making this for? Um, people don't talk about that that much. That is a, that is a uh, I think that is a, uh, one of those muscles that you need to tone and firm to become a successful artist. Not be concerned, not be overwhelmed by it, but to know it to cultivate it and then to push it past its boundaries. Like, uh, Oh God, 
I can't remember his name. Do you want me to talk while you try yeah, to think about please, it? Yeah, please. All right. Um, well, one of the things that I found uh, initially, and it, it still is, uh, very impressive about your painting uh, was what seemed to me um, your ability to allow things to happen that when I looked at them, you know, you did that show here. And there were elements in some of your paintings where I was thinking to myself, I would have never allowed that to happen. And I think we had a conversation about this. Where you, you really have to commit to get to the point. I'm looking up John as you're talking about. Where um, you'll have a creative idea pop into your head and allow yourself to, to recognize it and go with it. And I, I sort of have struggled with that. Um, some That's, of the films I've done, I've allowed myself to do that, but that all happens mostly afterward where I'm sitting there with footage and I have ideas about how to cut it. Yeah, right. I'm like alone in the dark and, and, and it's just and me. When you pull something from three hours in, in footage and then you know that there's a piece that you can grab and bookend that piece from like 19 hours in. Yeah. That's a particular insanity that can't necessarily go, would the audience like that choice right. first? Right. You're, you're working on a... Uh, well, that's where we connect with whatever that, that spiritual world is that controls creativity. Um, and I'm not a, I'm not saying that I have uh, named my ghost or anything like that. It definitely feels like a possession when you're in the right space. And it's well, very it's a, different than anything else in life. It's interesting you say that because um, I was just going to say that, you know, editing is uh, the way I like to edit. I watch footage over and over and over. I'll spend hours watching the footage where I'm kind of like, I'm not doing anything. I almost start to feel guilty, but after a while it's almost meditative and it, you kind of go into this Zen kind of trance world where you're just looking at, it's like the repetition. You know, I, I you probably saw it when, when we worked on your, your yeah. first pod play. Right. To get that thing going over and over. Okay, did I get it right? Just like loop even a little piece. Um, but to to bring that back to your point is in that space, things are free to kind of start flowing when you've sort of removed yourself from the real world. Well, and there was no when you were editing that. Joel's talking about a he edited a, a piece of that helped uh, edit. audio uh, for the first pop play that I put up on the popplay.com called How to Bury Your Pets. And Joel took it and was going to give me some notes and he was like, hey, why don't we just sit in the room and, and we'll do it together. I went total control freak on you. And it was great because <laughs> it was... Um, well, thank you. you. You were able to... It's like DJing. It, it, and that sounds stupid so it's like making it's making music yeah um and you weren't concerned about the material you were concerned about cadence and and inside and outside there, there was it was <laughs> what i found extremely refreshing about it was 
uh, it was a, a, a whole different le- layer of this project that I um, wasn't in tune with, that you were perfectly in tune with, that made it 50% better. Yes. Which is a big percentage. If you can make anything 50% better, why the fuck wouldn't you do it? Yeah. And when I, when I sat in that room with you initially, I was like, well, maybe, you know, there's some moments where there's probably some gaps and we could make that better. Oh, God. But it was... I went full OCD on and, it. But, but it, especially in that piece, which is one song. Right. It's not like a bunch of... Because Dick Moves is more of a, like a bunch of jingles put together, right? <laughs> I mean, that's what comedy is. It's like right. just set up for comedy. This was like a, a, a relationship between two dudes that didn't know each other and... It's one song. It's like one j- long, shitty Jim Croce song, right? And so if you don't get that right, it's going to be so terrible. Well, monotonous is what it what it could have yeah. ended up being. I always right. think that there's a flow in any story. Mm. You know, you, you need those moments. And I, I, I feel like we eked out some, some jokes that weren't there even. No, they were great. And some moments of drama that weren't there <clears throat> and some moments of understanding. And even you got into the writing process at the end. Where you're like, yeah, oh, just I have Hugh at the very end say, hey, man, we're in this together. Yeah, and that stuff that. is when everyone cues into that vibration together. So that's the audience. The audience is that vibrate. And I wrote down John Waters. Like, there's no reason that John Waters should have a career. Especially right. when he did it. Like, you look at the world now. You look at who was president of the United States for four years. And all this, we're all afraid of all this hate. Right. This crazy guy put cross-dressers and and freaks in front of the camera and made a name for like a big name for himself and and you like his work there are some that i really really appreciate so what's the deal there i i've always been a little bit confused and afraid of it well it's lynch it's the same thing as lynch it is i was actually gonna bring him up too but they're they're two different artists i mean they're they're crazy different right. artists because lynch is obviously more male heavy sexual woman as an object whereas john is like uh, broader than that which is weird because yeah. he's more the 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 audience is smaller um they 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 travel on that vibrate they're sure they're, they're so confident of their vibration that you can't deny it as an audience make now they weren't blockbusters but they found their audience so i mean what are you saying if you distill it down it sounds like do waters and lynch really they're not worried about their audience other than i i I probably disagree with that i I need to be able to to make something an audience would understand but a lot of people don't understand John Waters. Nor does he want them to. But he wants them to connect and trust him through the story process, through that middle part where no one knows what the fuck is going on, but we're just sitting in it like a amusement park ride. So are we saying that he understands who his real audience is? I think it's he understands people like him. who he is, and he's confident enough with his artistic vibration that people will follow and there's some really stinkers in there <laughs> some of his movies were, but you almost 
go along for the ride because his vibration is so fierce and so committed during those bad turns in storyline. I watched with Georgina, my nine-year-old daughter, last night, the mo- this, mo- this horror movie, because she had just watched Killer Clowns from Outer Space. And she wanted me to watch that again. And I had seen it when I was a kid. Maybe her age. I don't even know. Um, and it was funny. You know, it was like interesting and, and kind of like making fun of the genre. And we don't really have that anymore. We have like super spooky, trippy, gory. Oh, horror is pretty scary. It's horrific. And then I was like, oh, here's the stuff. And I remember watching this when I was like 12. I think you'll like this one. And it was the weirdest fucking movie on the planet. And there was no script, but the script seemed seemingly was there there was someone throwing sides at them yeah but they were the, the, the i can't remember who the lead actor was and he was i think he was in like adam 12 like he's a he was a professional western actor almost that had found himself in this 80s movie with uh danny aiello and who else uh the guy the the original cast member the original black guy from snl was playing like a famous Amos type character. Garrett Morris. Garrett Morris. And it wasn't good, but it wasn't bad. Like it it just resonated on this vibration level and they just made it. It's kind of what we went back to before. You can make a movie on an iPhone and as long as you have that vibration, as long as you believe in what you're, you can fuck with the whole system. Yeah. There's no reason that you can't. I guess that makes me want to kind of tear that out from the idea of an audience, though. I mean, I think to really connect with yourself and be able to present that well, sure, you you have to be able to... Um, someone at some point has to understand what you're saying or what you're trying to say or enjoy it. Um, but I I think that a lot of at least my feelings of failure artistically come when I'm trying to work to the audience or an audience or the idea of an audience. When I draw that line and I, I just kind of disappear into what I enjoy and don't worry about an audience, I guess, uh, I guess I'm having trouble with the thesis here. I don't I don't know that we're working for an audience. Right. However, in fact, I think it could be a mistake to work for an audience. It, it, it well, maybe to to be to be to uh, hewed in by an audience, to be to be hedged in, to be uh tended to like a garden. Um is can be very lucrative. But as an artist, I don't know that that's some place that you you would enjoy being. Like the the Key and Peele guys are 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 a great example of um, they've expanded past their universe. You know, yeah. They've they've moved on. They they did such great work together, and then they've obviously gone in in two different directions and and still making good work. And paying attention to, but those were guys that, with with Key and Peele, the show, and the same thing. And I don't want to group these people together because they're black. I just thought of it because they're comedy shows. The Chappelle Show, mm-hmm. that vibration, 
worked. Like they, they it, you would go on that journey with them no matter how fucking weird it was because you knew at the end they were tripping out on themselves. They were they were they believed in themselves long enough uh, that they they committed art in spite of themselves. Right. Which I think is probably what it is. The guy that does Borat, um, Sasha Baron Cohen. Sasha Baron Cohen is apparently a monster in the editing room, just a complete monster. What do you mean, a nightmare? Yeah, like you know, like details, like teeny little. Oh, I love that. I love it too, except for what did you know? I, I, that's part of his vibration. Like, right? It's it's uh, if he wasn't that way in the editing room, would it translate to the? Uh, seriousness of his characters or how it deep he gets into his uh, caricatures that well, fuck with people. That's actually a good point. I mean, as... He wouldn't be able to commit to those characters if he wasn't that big of a dickhead in real life. So don't, don't no, question. No, I, I think you're absolutely... There, there's some truth to that. But I also think that in a situation where, you know, they're shooting that kind of all live with, with real people... If you cut it wrong, you get a tiny little hint of a smirk and you blow the joke. Sure. You know, if he breaks character even a tiny little bit and they don't yeah. cut around it. Well, and it's... Then, then uh, you're, again, you're out. You, you have to look at that work and he probably does. No one else does. But he probably... I mean, the American audience that's on Netflix isn't going, oh, here's an art film by Sasha Baron Cohen. No. But it Probably. is because if if you're right, if it becomes you're you're laughing at your joke like the Carol Burnett show. That's the, the danger opposite of, of the joke that, he's telling. Yeah, and the danger of what he does is gone. Right. Oh, oh, baby, that was some good self-help. The Pop Play presents unsubscribe me, a self-help podcast for creatives, hosted by Joel and Dave. You can get more info by visiting thepogplay.com slash unsubscribe me.